Amen. Thank you for that tonight. And let's take our Bibles out if we could and turn to the New Testament, Ephesians chapter number 3. Ephesians chapter number 3. And uh, let me say right quick as we kick things off tonight, I do appreciate all those who helped uh, take care of uh, this morning and making everything happen for Mrs. Pam. And uh, everybody was only so glad to help, and I appreciate that. And uh, if you work around Miss Pam any uh, bit of time, you realize she has been fully invested in this church, and everybody was glad to help and to be a part, and I appreciate that. And all those who gave toward our, our gift for her, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to pictures, Miss Pam, wherever you're at tonight. There she is back there. I don't know if she's going to Tahiti or, or where she might go. Uh, we're going to look forward to pictures from that, maybe to a Bears game. We actually had thought about that. We just didn't know who you'd like to go see, and so we thought we might just let you decide on that. But uh, I think it's important. Any of our staff around here, uh, I promise you, you don't know all that they do. I just promise you that. And so uh, when you get by and see them in the hallway, uh, be sure you thank them and appreciate them for all of their investment. And uh, I know that that will encourage them along the way. I also want to say right quick thank you to, to Brother Aaron and uh, Miss Laura and all of our counselors for junior camp. And uh, boy, just went down there the other night, had a great time with them and a great fellowship with them down there and great spirit. I mean, our kids just had a wonderful spirit about them. And I'm very excited about what God's doing in our, our little guys. And uh, looking forward to how God's going to raise up a new generation there. And pray for Brother Aaron tonight. I told him, I said, if you fall asleep tonight, uh, I'll let you have a pass tonight. So if he falls asleep, leave him alone, let him go. They got back from junior camp on Thursday morning, offloaded off this uh, bus, uh, climbed on to, into their van, did not even go home, drove to North Carolina, preached a wedding on Saturday, turned around Saturday afternoon and drove back and got back, what, 3 or 4 o'clock this morning? Almost five this morning, right about time for the sun to come up, and then went up there and, and preached uh, this morning, and uh, I don't know if you got a nap this afternoon, but if he falls asleep, let him go, okay? What does everybody in society say? Don't judge, all right? Don't judge if Brother Aaron falls asleep tonight, but I was so encouraged by the text. I, I texted him last night, very worried uh, that he was traveling sleepy, tried to keep him awake every once in a while. Uh, to make sure that he wasn't driving sleepy. And he says, look, camp was so great, had a lot of momentum coming out of camp. Our kids are so excited. I don't want to miss a Sunday, so I want to drive in and make sure I'm there. And I appreciate that very much. And uh, so tonight, uh, Brother Aaron, you go home and rest well and you get some sleep, amen. That sleep you don't get in the service, okay. Ephesians chapter number 3, if you're there, let's stand together. And I'm uh, going to look down to really just two verses, the last two in the chapter. Ephesians chapter number 3, and I'm going to look down to verse 20 and verse 21. We'll go backtrack a little bit here in the message tonight, but I want to encourage you a little bit on a, a summer Sunday night, uh, something that I think tonight that will strengthen us a little bit in our walk with God uh, in the day and age we're living in. The Bible says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word tonight, and I pray that you'd speak to us through it. Uh, Lord, I always look forward to what you have to say to me, and I, I need tonight to hear from you, and I, I believe tonight all of our people need to hear from you. And I pray that, Lord, your word would be allowed to pierce as deep into our heart as you would desire it to, to divide asunder, Lord, things that need to be there and things that don't need to be there. I pray that you'd impart to us tonight some extra grace, Lord, as we seek to live for you and be a light for you and be salt, and Lord, in this time that we're living until you return, for it's in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. 
I love the book of Ephesians. I read through it many times, preached out of it I don't know how many times. And uh, Ephesians is an interesting book because it's one of the prison epistles. Uh, you're reading Paul writing uh, from an incarcerated position in his life. But what I love about the book of Ephesians is as you read it, uh, you do not get that from the Apostle Paul. Uh, as we read the book of Ephesians, you would think that Paul is writing to people in prison, not writing to people from prison. Uh, his attitude, his demeanor, his courage, his fervor, his boldness speaks of one who's on the outside talking to the ones who are on the inside, but that's quite to the contrary. If you read all throughout chapter 3, and I want to skip through it with you right quick, I, I want you to notice some words we're going to bring out real quickly as he speaks here to the church at Ephesus. And look down to verse 12, I want you to see a few words I'm going to point out to you. He says, in whom we have, watch this, boldness and access with confidence. Notice those two words, boldness and confidence, by the faith of him. Verse 13, watch this next phrase, wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. So verse 12, he says boldness and confidence. Verse 13, he says, I don't want you to faint. And you keep reading verse 16. The Bible says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. So now this verse is talking about strength. You know, down to verse 17, it says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love. Now, I want you to notice something in here. Look at the confidence that Paul is speaking of and the stability that Paul is trying to convey to them as he speaks to them from prison. If I'm in prison, I don't know that I am speaking of boldness and confidence in verse 12. Verse 13, about not fainting. Verse 16, about being strengthened. And verse 17, about being rooted and grounded in love. And yet, that's exactly what he's trying to convey to them. Uh, when I read verse, uh, chapter number 3, what I hear is stability, stability, stability. Here is someone who has every right to be instable, instable. Someone who has every right to be worried and doubtful and fearful. And yet, instead of that, Paul says, hey, we ought to have boldness and confidence uh, and not faint and to be strengthened and rooted and grounded. So, verse 3, he is actually giving stability to them. This is coming from prison. I want you to look all the way down to the verses that we read. I, I believe 19 and 20 show us what we're going to preach on tonight, and, and that's the source of the stability that he's giving them. I believe tonight that the circumstances of our world and society, I mean, our news cycle is nonstop. There's all kinds of things happening all over the world, and just when you thought that Russia and Ukraine uh, was at a standstill, or uh, there's some new chapter that's developing over there, and instability in our world with China possibly putting in a spy station down in Cuba, so many things in our world right now, financially, uh, politically, in our government, and corruptness on the highest levels in our country, there are so many things that have a tendency to sow instability in our life. Could we agree with that? Or I don't care how great of a Christian you are tonight, and it doesn't matter tonight how much you know your Bible. Uh, there's a tendency, because we live in a flesh body, to allow circumstance to affect our stability. And maybe not you, but tonight I'll be the first to admit it. Circumstances have a tendency to affect my stability. 
And yet I read in the Word of God, and I'm thankful, by the way, the Word of God is always relevant, all right? I don't have to make it relevant. It blows my mind to think that we have to go and twist and turn the inspired and errant Word of God to make it relevant. It was relevant when it was written, and it's still relevant just today. And we look at Paul, and here is a man who is in prison. He is someone who has instability in his life. Here's someone who is incarcerated and being held against their will and someone who does not have liberty of freedom in their life, and yet he is speaking from a standpoint of stability. Hey, let's have boldness and confidence. Let's not faint. Let's be strengthened and rooted and grounded. Now, I don't know about you, but I need what he was giving to the church at Ephesus. I need that kind of stability in my life. Why? Because the circumstances they faced then are very similar to circumstances we face now. So what is our hope? Well, we've got to find this source of stability. And tonight, I believe there's three or four things we're going to look at. I I know probably three, maybe four. In verse number 19, verse 20, verse 21, they're going to help us have a source of stability in our own life. So tonight, let's look at this, if we could. If you need stability, I promise you, if you don't need it, you will need it. And so tonight, let's see where Paul was giving this stability from. Look down, if you will, to verse number 19. The Bible says, and to know the love of Christ. By the way, I'm glad we can, aren't you? Which passeth passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, there's something beautiful there tonight, and I believe the first thing I want to show you is the criteria tonight of God. The criteria of God. Now, stick with me on this. Notice he ends verse 19. Knowing the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, those last two words are the criteria for stability. If we are going to have stability in the very same stability that Paul was trying to impart to the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God, to the church at Ephesus, if we are going to have that, the criteria has to be those last two words. It's got to be of God. You've got to understand that there is nothing this world can offer you that can give you that kind of stability and last for very long. Now, I'm not saying the world can't offer you something that takes your mind off your troubles. Uh, Don't get me wrong. A vacation takes your mind off your troubles, doesn't it? I mean, some of you have been on vacation this year. Some of you are going on vacation this year. And you look forward to what? Getting away. Uh, You just look forward to getting away from it all. You know the thing about getting away? You don't get to stay away, do you? (laughs) I mean, your money runs out. you got to come home and you got to go back to work. Guess what you find when you come back from going away? A lot of the circumstances that brought instability are still here, right? A lot of the problems are still here. You're like, yes, my children are still home when I get back from vacation, all right? That brings instability in your life. There is nothing this world can offer, vacation, money, possessions, that will give you the stability that can only come of God. It's got to be of Him. So understand tonight that everything that Paul is saying, verse 12, boldness, confidence, verse 13, not fainting, verse 16, being strengthened, verse 17, rooted and grounded. You've got to understand the only way you're going to get that is of God. You're not going to get it of the world. Now, folks, we may try to drown our problems sometimes with possessions, and we may try to drown it with good times, but you're not going to find stability in that because you're only as strong as what you're leaning on. Think about that tonight. You're only as strong as what you're leaning on. 
Uh, when I come up on this platform every service, whether or not I've gained weight or lost weight, I don't really worry about falling through here. Why? I trust it's going to hold me up. And by the grace of God, four years now, it's held me up through the highs and lows of my waistline. I trust it when I get up here. I know it can handle all the weight that I am putting on it. Now, that's the way it is tonight with our spiritual stability. You've got to know that what you're leaning on and what you're trusting in can hold you up in spite of any circumstance. And I'm thankful tonight that we have something, but understand it's got to be of God. Think about these words tonight, if you will. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. The Bible says, in the peace of God which passeth understanding. That's what will keep you. Now watch, it's the peace of who? Of God. It's got to be of God. That's the only thing that will keep you. Yes, there may be peace that will pacify you. I mean, there are times, you know, where maybe our troubles are a little further away than they were. And I'm thankful for those times. I'm thankful the Bible says, submit yourselves, therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Don't you love it when he runs away? But the devil is like a boomerang. He's always coming back. And you may have a little peace for a little while, but what you need in your life is something that will give you stability even when he's there, and that's the peace of God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. The Bible says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. I don't know about you, I need something that will rule my heart. I need something that will take over and take charge when my heart is tempted to worry and fear. Only the peace of God, of God, that's that criteria, can rule in your hearts. Now understand, folks, tonight, Paul is trying to help them from a position of vulnerability in his own life. How is he doing that? He's doing it because he has something of God. Ephesians 6, won't take time to read it, but you know, the Bible says, put on the whole armor. Where does it come from? Of God. That you may be able to do what? Stand. Do you know what standing is? Stability. Standing is stability. Uh, I was in my office. I'll show you this here in just a few minutes. I was blowing up something earlier, okay? Not like blowing up, but that kind of blowing up, okay? And uh, this is another opportunity that I was able to convince myself that I'm getting older. Because after about halfway there, I felt like the room was moving. Miley came in my office and said, I am so glad you're here. She says, why? Could you blow this up for me? And so Miley, oh, and she blows it up. But buddy, when I stood up, I didn't have stability, all right? I mean, the circumstances made, somebody, man, I'm glad the sound guys didn't come in there to put my microphone on. They may have thought that I had, uh, I had partaken of something uh, the time that I did not have the stability in my life that I needed to. It's of God, Circumstances will take away your stability, but if you have that armor of God, you can stand. But it's got to be of God. It's not the fact of who is in the armor, it's the fact of where you got the armor from, and it is of God. Now, let me show you what I was doing here just a few moments ago. Brother Michael, would you run and get that for me right quick? We're going to have a little fun tonight in the service, if you don't mind. I want you to look down real quickly at verse 19, what the Bible says. The Bible says that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Brother Michael, bring this toy in here right quick, please. This is what I was airing up. This is why I couldn't, this is why my head was swimming, all right? There's a lot of my hot air. Thank you, Brother Michael. There's a lot of my, my hot air in here. Now, do y'all remember these as kids? 
All right, come on now. I, I had one. I had one of Scooby-Doo, and I ordered this one, and I'm kind of nervous because they have water in them now rather than sand. So if water goes everywhere, don't get mad at me. But as kids, mom and dad bought us seeds. We'd kick them around the house, knock them down. Now watch this. This thing here is standing on its own. And here comes a trouble or a trial, all right? And it knocks us down. Watch this. It just pops right back up. And we're going to knock it down this way. Here comes another trial. And it just pops right up. Do you know why this thing has stability? Do you know why this thing, no matter what I do to it, it just keeps, get out from the piano now, you're going to ruin my illustration. All right. It just keeps popping back up. Do you know why it has stability? Watch this. Look back to our verse. I want to show you something. The Bible says that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, if you're filling and you are full, watch close, that means there is something on the inside that's keeping it stable. Do you know how I know there's something on the inside? Because I was the one who put it in there. I filled the bottom of this thing up with water. I filled it up, and no matter what I do, I had Miley in the office. I said, Miley, make sure you can't knock that down and it stays down. So Miley's in there beating it up. I don't know who she was taking it out on, but she was just slapping it around like it was somebody, you know, hitting it. And no matter what we did, it just kept popping right back up. Do you know why? Because it's got stability, because it's been filled. It's been filled. Do you know, as a child of God, this could be you today? Circumstances slap you around, problems slap you around, I mean trouble after trouble like Job, one after another problems come and you find yourself, watch this, I'm not saying it didn't hurt, I'm not saying you enjoyed it, but you find yourself standing. Put on the whole armor of God, there's something of God there that you may be able to what? To stand I believe tonight the reason we get blown around by every wind of doctrine, it's not because what's not on the outside, it's because of not what's on the inside. We are missing what we need that is of God. Now don't get me wrong tonight, I enjoy a good feeling from time to time, but understand, watch, being stable and having a stable Christian life has nothing to do with your feelings, it has everything to do with your feelings. All right, F-I-L-L-I-N-G. I think tonight we, we mistake the two. We come to church and man, the choir is sounding spectacular and we get goosebumps, nothing wrong with that. I like a good goosebump just as much as the next guy. But I promise you the devil's not afraid of your goosebumps. You better have something on the inside, a filling, not just a feeling, and it better be of God. Why? Because Paul says when you have that fullness, what happens? Verse 12, you have boldness and confidence. Now, this thing right here, it's not alive. But man, if it was, it could have boldness and confidence. Why? It knows it can't be knocked down. Boldness and confidence. Hey, you can slap me around, and I'm not going to like it, and I'm not going to enjoy it. But guess what? I have boldness and confidence. I'm strengthened. I'm grounded. I'm settled. Why? Because of something that's full on the inside. The criteria of stability, watch close, is of God. Turn with me to your right real quick to 1 John. I want to show you something. 1 John, look down chapter 4, verse 4. I love how the Bible works together like a beautiful tapestry. 1 John chapter 4, look down to verse 4. All right, follow along. Ye are of God, of God, little children, and have overcome them, 
So because I am of God, I'm needing the criteria to have stability in my life. Why? Because I'm of God and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you. In you. I want you to know, I say this a lot, but I think we need to hear a lot. It, it doesn't matter what's on you. A lot of times we like to put on a show, we act all Christ-like, and we act like we got all everything put together, and we act like, hey, I am Christian number one. Can I tell you when you're going to find out whether or not you're Christian number one? When the trouble comes. You're going to find out if what you have is of God or if it's of you. And if you want stability in your life, the criteria, number one, is of God. Of God. Romans 1.16, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Where's the power of God? The power of what? Of God. It's got to be of God. So number one, notice the criteria of God, all right? It is of God. But then keep reading. Back in Ephesians chapter 3. Get back there myself. Ephesians chapter 3. I want you to notice the second thing that's of the utmost importance. Look down to verse number 20. The Bible says... Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. So in verse 19, we see the criteria of God. There's a filling and a fullness. Something's got to be on the inside. So why is the criteria of God so important? Well, this is simple. Notice the first part of verse 20 says, now unto him that, what's the next word? Is. The criteria of God is so important because the criteria of God is based on the character of of God. It was the character of God. It's right there at the beginning of verse number 20 where the Bible says, now unto him that is. Stick with me tonight. The reason they could be so confident and bold in verse 12. The reason they should not faint in verse 13. The reason that they could be strengthened in verse 16. The reason they could be rooted and grounded in verse 17. is not because of who they are, but because of who God is. All right? Understand that. They're being filled with something. The criteria is of God. Why does it work? Because it involves the very character of God, and that is who God is. I can stand, and I can be stable. Why? Because he is. Because of he is. Watch what it says. Now, unto him that is. Stability has nothing to do with who you and I are. It has everything to do with who God is. I promise you, the moment you start feeling instable in your life, and the moment you start feeling fragile and vulnerable in your life, it's when you start comparing your problems to yourself. You know, if you do that, look, you're never going to come out of your house again. Every once in a while, somebody will send me these scary videos, you know, like uh, we're seeing these creepy monsters out there in the woods, and we'll tell the kids all about it this week, guys. Amen. We're going to find out how many men we got uh, in our group. You read some of this stuff, I'm never going outside again. I promise you, the devil's got stuff that you can't even imagine in your worst dreams waiting on you when you try to do the will of God for your life. He's coming for your children, your home, and this church. And all of a sudden, you're thinking to ourselves like the ten spies. We've seen how big they are, and we don't stand a chance. What were they doing? They were comparing their problems to themselves. Here comes Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb says, we can do this. Not because we're able, because he's able. 
You see, folks, tonight, your stability has nothing to do with you and it has everything to do, verse 20, now unto him that is. It's all about who he is. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, Paul says, for the which cause I also suffer these things. But what did he go on to say? He says, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is. He is. Now, what was he talking about in, in, in Timothy? What was he talking about? He says, for the which cause I suffer these things. Can I tell you what can bring instability in your life just as quick as anything? Suffering. Suffering. You start suffering for the cause of Christ. You start suffering because of what you're going through, and suddenly you have instability in your life. Paul says, I suffer these things. He says, but I'm not ashamed. Why? For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is. And I, I hope you don't suffer, and I hope you don't go through trials. But listen, we live in a cursed world, in a flesh body. We are going to suffer. Yea, and all who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Can I tell you how persecution doesn't have to undermine your stability? Well, it's very simple. You know that he is. He is. I couldn't help but laugh in Matthew chapter 8. I was reading it this afternoon. Matthew chapter 8, the disciples are out there on the boat and the storm comes along and Jesus is asleep and they come over and wake him up and they says, carest thou not that we perish? Don't you care? I'm sure we've all wondered that at some point in our life, does God care? And that's a place of instability. When you get to the place to wonder God cares, you can tell there's an instability there. That's not how God wants his children to function. And after he calmed the storm, what did the disciples say? What manner of man is this? What kind of a man is this? They're like, Whoa. wow, look what he's capable of. Can I tell you, we could weather a whole lot more storms if we knew what kind of a man he was before the storm ever came. If we just knew that he is. What did Moses go into battle with? God, who do I tell him sent me? I'm fixing to go to the ruler of the known world and tell him to let your people go. I'm just a shepherd. How do I convince him? Who do I tell him sent me? Just tell him I am. I am. Do you know what he's saying there? He's saying that he is. He is. It's the character of God. We need stability tonight. We get, need to get to know the character of God. Number one, the criteria there, it's of God. But then notice it's based on the character of God. Now unto him that is. Now notice the next part, verse 20. Now unto him that is what? Able. Able. Can I tell you why the criteria of God is so important? Because it's based on the character of God. And the character of God is one thing, it is capable. The Bible says, now unto him that is able. Notice number three, the capability of God. He's able. He's able. The Bible says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that. And I want you to stop on the next word. All that we. He's able to do more than we can. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all. Do you know, there are times your strength is going to run out. Why? Because we are infallible. We are fallen. The Bible says his strength is exceedingly and abundantly above mine. That's what brings stability in my life. 
knowing that the very capabilities of God are at the disposal of the child of God, who does what? Who takes the time to do what the, the end of verse 19 says, to be filled with all the fullness of God. There is our problem tonight. I mean, we are operating on our own strength. We're operating on only what we have to offer, and that's not going to last very long. If we desire to have stability in the world that we're living in, at some point, we've got to put some of God on the inside of us. Why? Because He is able. The Bible says, exceeding abundantly and above all that we ask or think. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a pretty good imagination. Uh, I, I pray for things. I ask God for things. I ask God to do some things in the lives of people that I'm praying for that, that a lot of folks may not even pray for. But do you know why I'm willing to do that? Because I know the capability of God. He can. In this very room tonight, we could go around and talk about the testimonies of what God's done in your life and times where you thought, I'll never pick myself up. I'll never get out of this mess. I'll never get through this trial. And yet here you are today. Why? Not because of you, but the capability of God. That's the kind of stability we need in our life. That's the kind of stability that's a witness to a lost world. And they're asking, how are you doing it? You say, well, that's the capability of my God. That's exactly what my God can do. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego told the king, we're not careful. Do you know what that is? That's stability. We're not careful. I'm not worried about what you're going to do. I'm not worried about the circumstances. Why? The God that we serve is able. He's capable. Wouldn't you love to face Monday? Tomorrow's Monday. We'll hop on a bus with 40 teenagers. Can I tell you I need to know he's capable? All right? I mean, you walk into the cabin, there's this green funky fog floating around in the room. You look at these young men, I'm thankful for these young men, the great spirit they've had lately. Just a great, great spirit and praying for them. You pray for them this week. I don't know what God wants to do with them. Some of them, you know, I'm thinking to myself, hey, you know, Burger King's not so bad. I'm picking. Whatever God wants for them, I, I know he's capable. I know he's capable. Do you know what our goal is this next week, what our goal was last week with young people? To put something in them that gives them stability. And it's not a holy hype, okay? We've got a lot of that in ministry today where we hype it up and we stir it up. We stir up an emotion. Emotion's not going to help them. Feelings aren't not going to help them. They need something inside of them that's going to make them capable, and that's got to be something of God. Why? Because what does verse 20 say? Now unto him that is able. Think about this tonight. There are times when your patience is going to wear thin in a trial. That's when my patience wears thin the most. Believe it, I joke about people going slow in the fast lane, but really, can I tell you, the times my patience truly wastes thin is through a trial. Suffering. And I get to the place where I'm thinking, God, I, I'm, I'm about to go over. God, I don't know that I'm going to be able to hold this thing up. He says, don't worry, you never were holding it up. I was the one who was able. Watch, and my patience is exceedingly, abundantly, and above yours. Aren't you glad? I mean, you parents who, look, you know you want to knock your kid in the head every once in a while. Hey, that's just normal. Brother Aaron was down there with all your kids last week. He probably wanted to knock a few in the head as far as I know he didn't. Everybody got your kid back, right? All right, I hope so. Say, my parent patience is wearing thin. Don't worry. What God offers you is exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. I think about Elisha tonight. 
when Elijah's getting ready to go to heaven, Elisha, Elijah asked Elijah, what will I do for you before I go? What did he say? He said, I want a double portion of what you got. That's a hard thing to ask for, isn't it? I want a double portion of what you got. Do you know why I believe he had the boldness to ask for it? Because he knew God was good for it. God was capable. God was capable. And I, I wonder what we're missing out on as a people of God because we don't know the character of God. Therefore, we're missing out on the capability of God. What would you ask for if you really knew who God was? Are you like the disciples? What manner of man is this? You don't even really know what he's capable of. But oh, if we just understood the character of God, maybe we would crave the capability of God. Exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now watch this, according to the power that worketh in us. We'll give you the fourth thing tonight about stability. Notice it begins with a criteria. It's got to be of God. You want, you want stability. It's got to be of God. Number two, it's based on the character of God, who he is, not who you are. It comes with the capability of God that he is able and he will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. At the very, very end, I want you to notice a condition of God, if you will. There's a condition. According to the power that worketh in us. I want you to turn to your right with me just a little bit to 2 Timothy. I want to show you something. And we're going to close with this tonight. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And I want you to look down to about verse number 20. Now remember what Ephesians said, according to the power that worketh what? It worketh in us. God wants to work in our life. But I want you to see something in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Verse number 20, but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. I want you to notice tonight, back in Ephesians uh, chapter 3, it says that God works in us according to the power that worketh in us. I'm thankful tonight, talked about it this morning. God wants to work in us. But wait a minute, 2 Timothy 2, the Bible says that God doesn't just work in anybody. The Bible says, if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared for every good work. I want you to think about this tonight. Could it be that the confidence he's talking about in verse 12 of chapter 3, the boldness that he's talking about, the strength that he's talking about, the grounded and being rooted, being settled that he's talking about in chapter 3, could it be tonight that we don't have that kind of stability in our life because he can't work in us? He told us in Timothy what the criteria are for him working in our life. He says, I, I want to work in you, I desire to work through you, but wait a minute, I'm not just going to work in anybody. The Bible says I've got to purge myself from these. Folks, can I tell you, this is why holy living matters. You see, keeping a clean life, a consecrated life, doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. I'm not saying that. Every time you preach on holiness, people automatically go down the road, well, nobody's perfect. Absolutely nobody's perfect. But if you want to be used of God, we've got to meet his conditions. He wants to work in us exceedingly, abundantly, and above all. The problem is tonight, he can't work in us because we're not concerned enough to keep it clean. That's the condition tonight. 
Could it be the reason we don't have stability in our life? It's not because God doesn't want to. It's because we don't care enough to meet his conditions to have stability in our life. Now, folks, I, I cannot live without the stability of God in my life. I have proven that to be true. You know, we know the Bible says in, in John 15, without him we can do what? Nothing. We know the verse, but have you ever tested it? Have you ever tested things without him? Have you ever tried it without him? Have you ever tried to grunt through the will of God without the power of God? One of the most miserable experiences you will ever face as a Christian. Trying to do the work and the will of God outside the power of God. You have to have him working in you. Could it be tonight the reason we don't have that stability in Ephesians chapter 3 is because we're not meeting the condition for God to work in us. So here's Paul, and I'll close. Here's Paul. He's in a prison. He's writing a letter to the church at Ephesus, and he says, hey, I want you to be bold, confident, rooted, grounded. I don't want you to faint. He's trying to give them stability. He says, understand it requires something on the inside of you. It's the fullness of God. Something's got to be in there. And the more of God that's in you, the more of God can work in you. Let him increase and you decrease. Oh, the more of him you get inside of you, the more stability you have in your life. Wait a minute, what's the condition? He says, if a man therefore purge himself of these, if we need God working in our life to bring the stability that we don't have, perhaps tonight we've got to get some things out that's hindering God from giving us that boldness and that courage that we need. Folks, if you don't need it now, you're going to need it later. I can assure you of that. The good news is our Father... And his omniscience has given us in his word what we need to be stable. You say, well, you don't understand what I'm going through. Can I tell you, Paul was writing that from prison. If Paul could write that from prison, then you and I, being free and having liberty and freedom in this great country, can take what he's given us here and have some spiritual stability in our life. But what's the key? It's got to be of God. It's got to be of God. Heads are bowed tonight, eyes are closed. Let's stand together. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Our pianist is going to come.